Welcome to everyone listening to this very first episode, or if you're on YouTube watching it, this is the Conscious Christian Conversation Show with Tanya and Kylie. We are two spunky Christians with diverse backgrounds and life experiences who want to encourage each other and you listening to challenge your subconscious beliefs. We believe in the Bible. We believe that Jesus is the son of God who came to redeem us. And we also believe that it's important to question everything you believe so that you know exactly what it is that you believe, why, and where it comes from. So this podcast will be conversational, covering a lot of topics within the Christian faith and belief system. And when we say conversational, we of course mean each other, but we want to have a conversation with you as well. So did it challenge your beliefs? Did we give you a new perspective? Did it solidify what you already knew to be true? We can't wait to hear your thoughts in the comments. So without further ado, today is our introductory episode. And we will be introducing (laughs) how we met, why we chose uh, this name for the show, Conscious Christian Conversations, who we are, and of course, what it is that we actually do agree on, because some of these <laughs> conversations are going to be things that we disagree on. So yes, I very much. so fun <laughs> to uh, start with how the heck did we meet? Because I think it's a silly story. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I think. Yeah, you or me, you or me. Uh, well, we met at a uh, conference for healthpreneurs, I guess I would describe it that way, in October yeah. of 2022. And uh, Tanya was very brave. It was the first time mm. she ever came to this conference. I think it was my fifth year. And she did, what, what is it called? The, uh, the health talk, what's that called? Uh, yes. Uh, health, the future of health talk, future of health, future of health, health. this little, um, uh, competition that they allow you to, um, essentially audition for. And if you get chosen, you get to speak in front of the entire conference, um, with all these people and speak on a topic. And she was super brave and did that the very first time. And she did it with a Christian topic. And so I saw you on the costume party night wearing your adorable Star Trek dress. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's adorable. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're the girl that brought God and the Bible into your talk. And I thought that was so brave. And so I introduced myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was pretty terrifying, especially since I'm one that I don't like to talk politics and I don't like to talk religion. Uh, And then... I just totally felt called to bring in, you know, bring in a conversation about how spirituality and religion actually plays a role in our physical health. And there is a ton of research out there on it. And I was like, why aren't we addressing this more? Because it's a super effective way to work on lowering, you know, um, decreasing chronic pain and just kind of our overall emotional outcomes when it comes to chronic pain. So anyway, so I did that talk and it was pretty amazing that, you know, there are some people who weren't a super fan of the fact that I brought that up because, you know, some people believe that religion doesn't have anything to do with health and shouldn't be introduced. But by far, the majority of people were very excited and a lot of people came up and talked to me and I was super excited when Kylene did, like I felt this immediate connection with her. And, um, I was like, I like this girl. She's super spunky and she like, she knows what she believes and she holds to that. And so we, she sat down next to me during a break. Um, I was on my computer and she started 
we just kind of started talking about the Holy Spirit and um, just kind of went right into some really meaty stuff. I'm like, this is amazing. Like people don't talk to other people like this. And I was like, let's talk about Jesus. We were at the conference. um, It was so cool because uh, Joe Dispenza did a talk. And for any of you guys who don't know who that is, um, Joe Dispenza is sort of like the ultimate guru when it comes to meditation. Mm -hmm. And he did huge talk on energy and meditation and how healing it is and how it changes your brain and um i think it was after that talk because we were we were talking a lot about what do we believe about energy and what do we how does that fit into our spiritual beliefs because i'm Mm -hmm. i'm all about it i am all about it um we were like okay so how does this fit in with the bible because i know a lot of christians um would be so anti the concept of any sort of talk about energy or anything like that. Right, right. And that kind of led into Holy Spirit and, and you know, faith healing and what that looks like. Because, I mean, you could almost argue that Dr. Dispenza does faith healings, um, but he approaches it from a completely different perspective than faith. He's looking at it from a quantum energy standpoint. And so then we kind of got into that kind of conversation and and started kind of arguing, if you will. I won't say arguing, but kind of like the conversations that we're going to be presenting. That's right. That's right. And um, kind of, you know, picking out the scriptures to support our our stance. And we both left, well, I'll speak for myself, but Kylie, you told me this afterwards. You're like, we both left questioning like, okay, how is what I'm believing? Like, is that really right? Like, or, you know, and and so then we both- you, if you were to ask me, hey, share your opinion or thought on this, I could go, sure, blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. then you challenged it a little bit. You said, well, what about this perspective? And I thought that was really cool because you brought up some thoughts. And a lot of this is so esoterical, right? Like a lot of yeah. the things we're going to talk about are not things that are X, Y, Z in the Bible. They're things that we have to take from scripture and then interpret and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of figure out. And so that's why it's like, okay, there's not a verse that goes, well, um, healing and, you know, faith healing equals this. And in the future, it's going to be called this. And, right. you know, and so, so we're trying to kind of figure out what is it that we believe and what, what role does the Holy Spirit play versus God and like, who's, you know, and so that was a really cool conversation because it, I was like, man, I'm going to have to think about this and, um, you know, where does this fit in with, uh, you know, my view of things. So. Yeah. yeah, that was a very cool conversation. Yeah, and and then after, so that that was what the next day was at the pool party, and we sat down because we're like we need to have more of these conversations, and then we kind of got into it again on I don't even remember what the topic was, but I remember somebody somebody all all topic. I mean, we just yeah, it was an amazing like four hour conversation, but um, but I remember like there were people that were kind of that were also present, and somebody said, was it Chelsea or was it um. Karen, I don't remember who it was, but anyway, somebody was like, you guys are so entertaining to listen to. And this is just like really good stuff. You should do a podcast. And I was like, oh, and we looked at each other and we're like, yes, we totally need to. And that's kind of where the idea was born. And we just, I mean, it, we were both super excited about it. And, you know, just to have those real conversations about things in the Bible and, you know, some of them are really controversial and you can get some really, um, you know, heels dug in kind of reactions, but we should be able to question our beliefs and they should be able to hold up. And we can do that without getting angry because if they don't hold up to somebody's scrutiny, then there's a hole, there's a gap there, right? And so yeah. if we can if we can investigate that it, with an honest and open heart 
and say, okay, why, if there is anger coming up um, about this questioning of, of this belief, mm. where's that anger coming from? Like, why is it there? Why do I feel defensive about this? And that usually says there's some piece of it that either you truly don't believe or that you're not convinced of, but you feel like you should be. And so then we just started having this conversation about, well, why aren't we, why don't we do that? Why don't we dig? And if there's something, I mean, and these conversations are going to be super real, right? We don't have the answer. Neither of us went to any kind of theological school. So it's only what we've learned oh, up I until now. People that did go to theological school have to time. <laughs> don't have the answer. Let's just call it how it is. But you just said something really important because I had a conversation with someone the other day who uh, is questioning her beliefs and, um, uh, and, and part pieces of her faith. And she has actually been told by people that would be considered, you know, leaders or uh, authority within, um, you know, her faith or whatever, that, um, when she has questions, they basically tell her, well, don't worry about it. Just believe what we tell you. And mm. I, and I told her, I was like, that sounds like a cult. <laughs> yeah. What you were just saying about, um, you know, anger coming up and, and, and defensiveness and things like that, that is that it's like, you should always, no matter what you believe, no matter what you were raised in, be encouraged to question it. Yes. And um, use those critical thinking skills because if someone knows that you know purple is purple you can question that all day long and go research it and figure it out the truth is the truth and it's absolute and it will stay the same which means that you should be able to question it and come back to the truth that purple is purple right mm -hmm. and um, so if someone is encouraging you to just accept something without questioning it there's typically a problem there like you said yeah red flag Either they don't even even believe it, they don't know why they believe it, or they are somehow threatened by um, by your ability to question it. And so there's problems there. So we should be able to have these conversations without um, stressing out about it. Yeah, right? without anger and and yeah, and and getting mad about it. And and um, and that's what what Kylene and I were able to do that first time that we met. And you know, both of us were like, okay. I don't quite know why I believe this. And then we both went back and did, you know, a little bit more digging and some prayer and some looking in the Bible. And I solidified some things in my heart that I'm like, okay, yeah, I get, I get this. Like, this is scriptural. I'm comfortable with that. Um, but there have been many times where someone has called me out on my, what I believed and I discovered later, like it's wrong. And I'm sure that as we still converse, and as we move forward with some of these topics, like I'm sure that my mind is going to be changed or as I examine my belief, it doesn't hold water. So then, you know, okay, let's clarify this so that I have a better understanding of what I believe and why. Yeah. So let's talk about the title because I love it so much. Conscious Christian Conversations. Um, yep. Why did we use this title? Um, in my mind, the term conscious means sort of to bring awareness to and to be cognizant of it. Um, and it also in sort of modern times, when you think about conscious, um, you're thinking people that are a little bit more open to things like energy work and um, to what a lot of people would consider woo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I am totally all about. And, you know, there, I have been faced with some situations where I had really, again, make sure that it aligned with um, what I believe because there are lines to be crossed, of course, within that. And, you know, I really have come to the conclusion that 
you know, God created the world in a certain way and it works in a certain way. And, you know, if we are all beings of frequency and energy, which we are, it's like scientific. So, you know, the science is behind it. It's like, (laughs) it is a fact. And um, we can't really argue that. And so, but the thing is that this can be utilized and harnessed and um, manipulated in certain ways for good and perhaps even evil. But uh, I would say it exists and therefore Christians should be conscious of it, aware of it, and be the people to be using it for um, God and in a good, positive way to impact the world. And instead, what we see is that Christians are terrified of it. So Mm. they they demonize it this will be a lot of the conversations in the future about topics like this but Mm -hmm. I like that term because conscious Christians I do think those two worlds can and do go together I think it is possible I think that it is the reality of the world that we live in and uh so hopefully we can kind of flesh that out a little bit uh over time when we when we dig into specific topics like yoga and energy work but yes uh, but yeah, I think it's all, I think it's definitely um, stuff that we can combine. And then, again, and, and obviously conversations, we just kind of went into that. Like, we're going to discuss, we're going to yes. um, challenge, we're going to encourage each other, have different perspectives. Um, Tanya and I do not have the same religious background. We don't have the same upbringing. We don't have the same families. We don't live in the same states. So again, you know, in the, in the past several years of uh, life in this country, um, <laughs> having different opinions than another person has been seen as threatening Mm -hmm. and um you know within the christian community like that should not be the case right we believe that there are some hills to die on and all the topics that we're talking about uh in this in this show are not that so (laughs) right and 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 there's surprisingly few hills to die on in the bible right there's some there's there's a handful of absolute truths that if you're Christian, you need to follow these yeah. for salvation, like yeah. period. It is, it is a matter of salvation. And one thing that I love my pastor always says when he brings up four or five different types of interpretation of what a particular passage in the Bible means as he's giving his sermon and he'll, and a lot of times they're directly contradictory. Like they, they are completely different theories about what this means and at the end of the end of, at the end of every presentation that he does that he says but it's not a matter for salvation so you decide what you want to believe and let's move on and i i've just loved that because there is so much room for interpretation in the bible it is the living word it speaks to different people differently and as long as it's not a part of that hard and fast like it is a matter of salvation if you have this part wrong you will not be saved then it really doesn't matter it's about how how the bible speaks to us and our individuality and and our situations in different verses or the same verse will speak to you differently at different points in your life. Like I've experienced that personally. And so, um, so that's, that was one thing that was really important for us is that we understand like, what do we agree on? Which is why we wanted to share that with you guys. Um, And then I would say outside of that, Kyleen, I don't think that we have really agreed on a whole lot lot besides (laughs) Well, here are the points that we agree on, because this is what we laid out. We believe that outside of salvation, we can agree to disagree on most theological differences to encourage. And, and one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is to encourage conversations around the different denominational beliefs. And we want to create a safe space with each other to encourage, challenge, and educate. Um, and again, this does include us. We just kind of talked about that. 
We want to lead with love in the face of disagreement. And uh, we also believe that challenging your beliefs is healthy. Truth stands when it's challenged. Truth is absolute. If something comes up that we can't defend, we know that it needs to be explored more deeply. So I think there's a few things that we agree on. And then we agree on salvation, which we will talk about right after we introduce who we are. So Tanya, <laughs> why don't you talk a little bit about who the heck are you and what do you do? Yeah. And okay. uh, maybe, maybe uh, who you are, what you do, and then also uh, what your religious background is. Yeah. So. My name is Tanya Painter. I am, uh, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I treat women uh, with chronic migraine who are not well controlled by alternative options or uh, by conventional medic medication, I should say. Um, and so I, that's why I was at the health, uh, that, that healthpreneur uh, conference and met Kyleen. Um, and uh, that's who I am, what I do, okay. And then uh, <laughs> my religious background, so I have always grown up Christian. Um, ever since I was little, I went to Sunday school. We never really went to church that often. We moved quite a bit and um, I never really liked it. And my mom never really forced me past, you know, when I was in like second or third grade. And so I kind of just grew up on my own, just learning things through my mom. And, and um, you know, if I went to random things, uh, we, would, we were kind of the, the Easter and Christmas church going family. And then when I went to college, so I went to the University of Washington and I found a church there that I loved, um, University Presbyterian, and I could not wait. So I couldn't make Sundays uh, for, from previous commitments, but Wednesday nights I was available and I could not wait to go to church on Wednesday night. I had never experienced that before. And it just was so life-giving to me. Um, and that after I moved away, after I graduated and I came back home, I live in Spokane, Washington. And I tried multiple different churches and just none of them felt right. I didn't care for how they were telling me how to think about the Bible instead of teaching me about the Bible. I don't like being preached at. Um, I don't like being told how to interpret what a particular passage means in my life. I want to be able to interpret it myself. And so what I was more looking for was an education around the Bible as opposed to being told how I should be, um, how I should be interpreting the Bible. <clears throat> and so I just gave up and I kind of just prayed when I felt like praying, which was like once a week or so, you know, I wasn't super in touch with God at that point. I didn't really have a Christian family. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say Christian family. My, my immediate family is Christian, but like a Christian community, right. That I can have as like a second family. And then I went to med school and naturopathic medicine is very, you know, more on the woo side, the energy, um, and not super open to Christianity. Actually, there was quite a bit of, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, can you think of a nice way of saying what I'm trying to say, Kylene? <laughs> Spiritualism with uh so like the spiritualism where a lot of spirituality in a very general sense goes but christianity right. doesn't. yeah i mean it, it just was very um looked down upon i would say and i and i felt that so i kind of hid that christian part of me aside and then started being influenced by oh you know the like every religion is right and you know all of that and <clears throat> and really started to kind of waver from what I knew to be the the truth of the Bible and so fast forward to um, a couple of years ago after COVID and the lockdown and there was just that piece like I I actually it started before then when I started my my business my personal business I was working at a um, at a clinic 
And I just felt the need and this draw, like God totally led me to making my own business happen. And it was a, a virtual business that I was kind of working on the side uh, as I worked at this clinic. And um, I launched in February of 2020 was when I enrolled my first client. And then March, 2020 is when everything shut down. And so like the timing, I mean, you can't argue with me that there was not divine timing there. I, I won't believe you. <laughs> so, um, so that really kind of started bringing me back to God and just really, you know, feeling his call and starting to be more in communication with him. And I started growing very, very spiritually with, with him there. And then at the end of lockdown, um, at the end of 2020, you know, November, whenever things started opening up again, a local church was one of the only ones that was still open. And my mom called me and she's like, let's go to this church and check it out. They're like the only church that's finally open again. And we went and I absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the pastor. It was just amazing. And I have been going um, twice a week, um, three times a week, actually. I do Bible study. I do Wednesday nights and I do Sunday. And it it has been amazing. And they teach the Bible. They go through it verse by verse and they help you understand what it means in the context of, history and you know how we can apply it to our lives currently but they don't tell you how to apply it they're just giving examples of you know just really investigating how this can apply to you and I just really have loved it and um, so that's where I'm at now I I still go very and, and then I have my morning um, coffee with God so every morning now I'm in the Bible I'm going through Acts right now and um, just really, really starting to understand how to apply it. And my personal growth with, um, with Jesus has been just amazing in the last two years. And so I was super excited to meet Kyleen and that she was also super excited to have this, this conversation and, and to um, start this project together. And, and, and that's me. I love it. Well, I learned so much about you. I didn't know most of that. Yeah. Um, and I love that you said your pastor literally goes, okay, take it or leave it. It doesn't, this, this sermon is not, because I had uh, the pastor that I go to now, the church that I go to now, he has literally like done a sermon where he goes, I know there are people in this room that are going to disagree with us today and that's okay. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, this is, this is the way it should be. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of very intelligent theological people that don't agree. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, yep. all right. So my name is Kylie Trahune. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm an NLP life coach. I am a sexual betrayal trauma recovery coach. So my niche is working with women who find out that their uh, partners have a sex addiction, whether that's infidelity with an affair or uh, compulsive pornography use, things like that. And so, um, that is what I do. I work on a physical, mental, and emotional level. I do a lot of uh, mental and emotional processing and trauma work with them. And my history uh, as an FDNP allows me to really bring in like lab work uh, so that I can work on their physical health as well. So that's super helpful because trauma really impacts, uh, Im impacts our physical health on a tremendous level. And um, if you want to hear my personal story, you can just, it's all over social media. So if you want to know why <laughs> that and my personal betrayal story it's everywhere um my spiritual journey has been a long one I grew up in a Christian home I was quote unquote saved when I was like four years old um which is true uh but you know it's one of those things where you know it happened when you were four and then you develop uh your relationship as you go along but uh it's been a, kind of an interesting ride for me because my my family is a Christian very dedicated Christian parents 
and always want to do the right thing. They are seekers of truth. And, you know, just as you said, your journey has kind of taken you in different directions. They made some choices in my childhood while they were really attempting to do absolutely what was right and best for us. That, to be quite honest, and I don't think my mom would be upset if I said it this way, almost led us into like a cult. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. I'm just going to throw it out there for people who <laughs> heck this is um if you are familiar with ati and bill gothard i was raised in that now my parents did not go to the extreme where a lot of families did where it like legitimately was a cult um but we did use their materials and we did go to their conferences and have to wear certain clothes and all this kind of stuff and i have always had a little bit of a feisty spirit within me and i think i was born that way um, because I haven't sensed that from you at all, Kyleen. I don't, no, I don't no. get that. <laughs> I have absolutely no football whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so when I was a kid, I think I was a pain for my mom, to be quite honest, because I think I've always been this way. But, um, I, you know, we would go to these conferences and my mom homeschooled us and we would go to these conferences and we would have to wear navy blue skirts and white shirts. And I like knew in my soul... <laughs> I was like, there's something wrong with this. I freaking hate this. Was this a hill you were ready to die on there, Kelly? <laughs> Let me tell you, I have blue and white trauma. Okay. <laughs> the other, the, which is so funny because I'm wearing blue and white right now. Okay. I was going to say, note to self, don't wear blue and white when we I'm do these. Okay, got it. You'll never see me wear. It took me a really long time into adulthood to wear skirts again, actually. Um, to be Aww. quite honest with you, there was a period, I was like, I will wear pants. And, um, you know, it's funny, my mom, it was Halloween the other day, and it's, which is also her birthday. And so we were all together and she said, oh, doesn't Evie, my, my little niece look so cute in that dress. And I couldn't help but give her a little jab. I was like, yeah, but I can't help but uh, think that when I was her age, if I had worn that, cause it, you saw her shoulders that <gasps> she goes, she goes, I know you live. <laughs> she's like, you live and you learn. So to my parents credit. Their intentions were good. They were trying to do the right thing. And they're very, very intelligent people. And so my mom um, and dad kind of figured out that, hey, there's, this is not quite right. And they stopped using those materials. But I was very grounded in that for a very long time. Um, to my mom's credit, she always, um, you know, she homeschooled us, which meant that we could have a lot of conversations and ask a lot of questions. And she, I think in my family, that was always very encouraged to um, use your critical thinking skills, to ask questions. Mm -hmm and to challenge what you believe. And so ultimately, I think that's probably why they got away from some of that stuff um, because they were doing that themselves. Uh, but I was raised in Also, that. it also kind of explains why you're excited about this and like yeah. challenging beliefs, right? Not just accepting something that somebody well, tells you is true. Listen, yeah. If you could get one person out of a cult, <laughs> it would be worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, Jesus is not a cult. We'll just leave it at yeah. that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, my mom was raised Catholic. My dad was uh, Pentecostal, raised Pentecostal. And then I was raised in a Baptist church. And um, I don't think my parents really ever considered themselves Baptist, but that's the church that I went to for about 17 years of my life. So that was the majority of my growing up period was in a Baptist church, very evangelical, very conservative <laughs> evangelical. And um, I would consider myself not that. So um, I had a lot of church trauma at that church because I got married. Um, my husband at the time, 
uh, when I had met him, wasn't really going to church. And he sort of like went to church because I went to church. And then our relationship is an entirely different story that we're not talking about today, but I ended up getting divorced and he, um, went to my pastor, this church that I went to for 17 years, went to my pastor. And, um, I, to this day, don't know what he said to him, but he manipulated the situation to the point where my pastor was adamant about getting together with me. I said, no, like two, three, maybe four times. I don't know. I was like, no, I don't think it's appropriate. No, like this is personal. No, whatever. Like I had a gut feeling, which I should always trust that this was not going to be a good situation for me. And I didn't want to do it. Well, um, my dad was on the elder board at the time and he was like, well, just give him a chance. And so I went in with my mom and, uh, sat there for about an hour and a half, essentially getting attacked. He was, mm -hmm. uh, didn't really listen to me. Um, didn't have any empathy for my situation. My husband had cheated on me. We did not have a good relationship. I had been interested in divorce and then, um, and then found out he cheated. And then I was like, I'm out. And um, <clears throat> just did not express any compassion or empathy. And he just really told me how he thought things should be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was like, listen, I'm in counseling. He's like, yeah, but I want you to be in this counseling. I'm like, it's a Christian counselor. He's like, yeah, but he wanted me to do things his way. And it was really, it was really not a good experience. So I left and uh, that meeting with my mom and we both, now this wasn't verbally said, but we both left feeling like there was a veiled threat that if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, it would be like church discipline type stuff. Like, wow. like there's pressure here to like, you need to do it this way. And mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of flexibility here. And uh, you know, I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. And if this was happening to your daughter, this is not how you would respond. My mom went to him like after this, She's like, let me go talk to him. And she went up to him and, and she's like, you know, like she found porn on a computer, like right after they got married. And she came back to me and she's like, he didn't care. Basically is like, he mm -hmm. didn't, he didn't care. So, um, I decided to leave the church at that, at that time, this church that I had been raised in for at that point, a significant period of my life. Yeah. And, um, it was very traumatic for me. Um, there were, I was in like a life group, like a little house church situation at the time. And um, I was losing friends left and right because I was making this decision to leave this person. Mm. And um, it was very interesting because, you know, as a Christian, I had to know what I believed about that. And we're probably, we're probably losing people left and right because I'm telling that I'm, that I'm happy that I'm divorced um, uh, right now in this episode, right? So that is what was happening. Like people knew exactly why and they didn't care. They, yeah. they wanted to... And this is the thing that I find in uh, religion a lot is you prioritize marriage over the health of the individual. And that's not Jesus. That's not God. And when I work with my women who have been betrayed, my, my priority is your mental, physical, and emotional health, not the status of your marriage. If that survives in a healthy way, that's amazing. And my current marriage has, and that's great. Um, and in situations where it doesn't, that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with it. And um so I was losing friends. I was losing relationships. I had to leave my church actually. Cause I was like, I'm not, I am not going to whatever that, that unspoken feeling of threat was, I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. Yeah. And, um, so I you was, should uh, not feel scared when you go to church. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. So I left yeah. and then that was a really bad taste in my mouth for a lot of reasons. And I was like, you know, I don't even know what I believe about membership anymore. I, um, I really had to know what I personally believed. And I did a lot of research during that time about divorce. So I was like, man, am I like 
I know I don't want to be married to this, this guy. He's a real jerk, but do, you know, <laughs> but do I believe that it's okay? Right. I had to figure that out. So yeah. that whole situation was just very dramatic for me. Then, um, then I got cancer and I got, you know, I got remarried. I had cancer, all this kind of stuff. So I went, I went through a lot of hard things and my faith always endured. And then, um, and then my current husband of 10 years, uh, I found out that he was a, a cyber sex addict and that rocked my world more than any trauma I've ever had in my life combined. And I've had several and it, it was times a million and my mm. faith really struggled during that first year, like a lot. I had words with God. I was not happy about it. I was like, what have I ever done? Like, I felt like my faith really endured through all these really difficult things. Um, I've always tried to be a good person. I always tried to be a good Christian. I've been faithful. I do the right thing, you know, and here, you know, I'm married to the absolute love of my life and, and it's destroyed, you know? And so I was very, it was a very rough road for me. Um, before that, we ended up switching churches. Um, we together we had gone to a church for seven or eight years, and then my sister and my brother-in-law played the music at this Lutheran church. And so I just generally consider myself non-denominational, and I also sing. And so they would, I would go to different churches because of the church we currently went to. It was more contemporary. And so I would go to different churches and sing for like, um, you know, Easter or Christmas cantatas or stuff like that. And so I would go to my sister's church for like Christmas cantatas and stuff like that. And one year I was like, man, maybe we should stick around for maybe a couple other Sundays other than just rehearsal and the cantata. And we did. And I was like, I love this pastor. He's mm. great. And so we, that was that basically, I think that was 20 the end of 2019, December of 2019, because it was after I was done with treatment, I started going to that church. So we've been there for a couple of years now. And that was absolutely divine timing because uh, when everything happened with my husband, he was actually a safe person, unlike the pastor that I just described um, and other people that um, I knew maybe I should not go and talk to and seek um, counsel from. I knew that my pastor was a safe person and um, he handled it amazingly. And the church we go to now is just absolutely incredible. It is filled with people who are living examples of the love of Christ and, and yes. they really know what they believe and they live it out every day. They have surrounded me with love. They have surrounded me with support. They have um, surrounded Patrick who has gone public with his story as well. And now um, we went through this whole process of like getting a support group for sex addicts into the church. And we had to go multiple levels of the church council, like talking to people about it. It was so hard, but these mm. are people who literally know your deepest, darkest secret, love you and strengthen and encourage you. So, yeah. and to kind of wrap the entire process up, I was like anti-membership. I was like, it's not in the Bible. And I was like, I don't want to ever become a member of something or sign anything where like, then people can put you under church discipline because of my previous experience, right? I was like, this is stupid. I'm never going to do it. Why would I do that ever again? Because I also believe that you have no earthly authority. You have only God as your authority. And so I don't really, I don't know. I don't really like that idea, but I love this church so much. And they proved to be such safe people from the top down that I actually became a member of that church this uh, past Easter. Yay! So, 
and I, I guess you could call me a Lutheran now, but technically throughout my life, we've been called Catholic Baptist Luthercostals. So, <laughs> so again, I, I believe in Jesus. So there you go. There you go. That's yeah. right. That's, that's pretty good. I'll wrap it up further. Cause I said, I had a really bumpy road. God has really over time, just proven himself over and over and over. And during yep. that, during that period, he, and I knew he was doing this. He just waited until I was ready. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm here for you. And I totally understand, you know, why you're angry and uh, let's be in a conversation when you're ready. And, um, and I knew that he was there and he waited and, uh, and he's, he's really proven to be there and provide every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I I just I don't I don't know how to express it, but like Christians, God gets so much blame from things that Christian people do, right? And so you know the the way that, and, and that's been my experience too. Which you know I didn't go quite into the depth that you did um, in your story. Which thank you for sharing all of that. Um, but you know I, I've also experienced church trauma as well. Um, and, you know, maybe I can share that at some point, because I think we're getting kind of close to the end of our of our session here. But um, long story short, uh, I was a leader in a, um, uh, a Bible leader in a um, college uh, group, Christian group. And there were some things that they were doing them like this is not right. And I got into a very, some very heated discussions with them. And I'm like, what you guys are doing is not right. Like this is this is not biblical. And I basically got tossed out of it. And so that, that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth as well. Right. Like, you know, and so that's one of the things that I think is really frustrating about churches is that it's really hard to find a church where the congregation is exactly what you said. They're living the Bible. They are living examples of Jesus's love. And I think that's why I've never wanted to be in one because I never saw that before the church that I'm currently at. Like I never saw that Here's an example of what that looks like. If people are thinking, well, what do you mean by that? Um, If you are like, I'll give a specific like betrayed spouse example. My church was like, what do the, what does the wife need? And how, you know, how can we support, like, what's the process here? And they were concerned when we were sharing Patrick's story and asking for a support group for the men, they wanted to know about the women too. Mm. That is absolute love and compassion versus when you go to other churches and they go, oh, well, did you have enough sex with your husband? So people that are living the love, like express compassion, express empathy, listen to the whole story. Don't make judgments. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing when you find a group of people where you can expose your sin and instead of, you know, having that, oh, what you have, you know, the, the love let's pray. Like, can we pray for you? Can we, how can we support you? What do you need? And, you know, these people learn your deepest, darkest secrets that you hold so much shame over. And, um, at some point, maybe I can share what's that you, they support you out in the light and help you become free of it. That's right. That's right. And, and not, yeah, not letting that shame rule you anymore. Um, and I think that every person alive ha- knows, you know, like they have something where they can identify with that. Um, and it's really hard to open up to people about things that you hold such shame around because there's so much judgment. Um, and I think that yeah, kind of Christian on social media and we talk about sex, yeah. sex addiction, we talk about all these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These things that when it came out with my husband made me blush to even say certain words. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, it is, it is in your own healing journey, but also in your relationship with God, because we can hold so much anger against him for the judgment that others um, in the name of God uh, put on you. And, um, and I think that's one thing that's actually going to be the topic of our next conversation is the term Christian and how do we feel about it? Yes. Um, I know that that's going to be good. We, we have some, uh, we have some opinions there, so make sure you stay tuned about that. We have some fun thoughts. So I loved getting to know you a little bit better, Tanya. And you too, Karen. To kind of wrap it up, um, what we do agree on is the matter of salvation. So we pulled three verses that we think sort of summarize it very succinctly. Um, If you guys have any questions, we are happy to answer them. But this is kind of where we start. This is the foundation that we lay to talk about everything else. And so first of all, salvation equals Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation equals grace and faith. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace have you been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of your works, so that no one may boast. And salvation is really at the core, simple. Acts 16, 31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So that's sort of the foundation. We believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that it is by believing in and accepting him as your savior that you are redeemed. Uh, from the sin that we all have. I mean, no one is perfect, yeah. right? And nope. uh, and so he has graciously taken um, that punishment on for us so that we can be in eternal community with God, the creator. And that is an amazing gift that is offered to everyone. Anything else to add about that uh, foundation, Tanya? I think you did a great job, Kylene. Oh, look at that. We agree. <laughs> we agree. We agree. There's no- all right, mark this down. This is we the never- first time, possibly the last time that we will end <laughs> a conversation in agreement. This is a, so, so basically though, the reason we're okay with that is because if it doesn't have to do with uh, salvation, does it yep. really matter? Not really. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's really fun to figure out what your personal relationship with God is. What does that look like? It's fun to debate and challenge and think and, and, you know, try out different ideas. But in reality, mm-hmm. the most important thing is that we hold to these truths because we know that they are true and that's the foundation of salvation. And other than that, feel free to disagree with anything we say on this podcast. Absolutely. That is okay. All right. So our next episode, uh, we're going to drop right into the term Christians and Christianity. Do we like the term? How do we feel about it? And what does it mean in our culture today? So we're so excited. We hope to see you there and we'll see you next time.